level. Yeah. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to New Day, New Movie. The podcast where we watch 365 movies in 365 days. Uh, I'm Podcast. I'm Phoebe. Sure. And welcome to Ghostbusters. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I'm Mitch. I'm Scott. Happy Turkey Day. Late. Yeah, late. For us, it just happened. Yeah, last week. It was a holiday week. So I'm still full. And I'm still Mitch. <laughs> I don't even have a response to that. That's good. But dude, it feels like forever since we recorded. That was a long week. Holy cow. Yeah, it was. Holiday week, sir. A lot. Yeah. So something that came to mind as we were going through this week, which was a little upsetting, but we added our eighth streaming service this week, which is absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) Uh, We have HBO Max, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, Shudder, Peacock, and now Paramount Plus. Well, we got rid of Shudder. I'm still paying for it, accidentally. Oh so. <laughs> I thought I canceled it on my that Google, but maybe one. they still had to bill me another month. Either way, we have Shudder for for another month if okay, you want to well, watch a horror good. movie. <laughs> we can go back and watch Veronica again. But what's crazy, though, is that doesn't account for like our theater movies, rentals on Apple TV, or you know the thousands of D- VHS movies that, that we own. So, I don't know. I'm just tired of paying for so many streaming services. Yeah. Yeah, well, at least this one we decided to share. Yeah, that's our first <laughs> good decision. Ours. Instead of both of us paying for Hulu, both of us paying for HBO Max, yeah. both of us. <laughs> well, we have to because we have, you know, everybody's got 20 other people. Reliance on Yeah, those, using yeah. All, everyone else's, all, the service sharing phenomenon. Ugh. But uh, we have yet to see if Paramount Plus is worth it. <laughs> um, After the... We watched three movies on Paramount this week, huh? Yeah, we did. We did. And I would say one of them was worth it. You might disagree, oh, but... <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Okay. No, I'm 100% <laughs> okay. in agreement. I'm not sure if it's the same one, but... I guess we'll find I'm out. sure we... <laughs> I think we're probably on the right page on this. Well, I, since you brought it up early, I'm not going to be able to use my joke now, but one of the movies, Driver in particular... My, I'm not going to be able to say it later, so I'll get it out now, but I put, we got Paramount Plus to check out what they had to offer, so we watched this, and now we no longer have Paramount <laughs> Plus. <laughs> God, isn't that the truest statement? Holy cow. I'm going to shock you, though. It was not my least favorite movie of the week. Interesting. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I just took a moment to think about all the movies we watched this week, and I don't even remember. <laughs> so before we get into the movies... How was your Thanksgiving, man? It was good, is the response that you're supposed to say. So that's what I'm sticking with. (laughs) It was a busy week. I I won't lie. It was busy, yes. Um, And like I said earlier, it just feels like it's been a year since we've even sat down to record, but it's only been a week. The movie we watched on Thanksgiving, when I thought about it today to try and add some notes because I didn't take notes then, (laughs) it seriously felt like months ago that... I watched right? it. Dude, I know. This week was Time is weird. <laughs> slowing down, but also flying by, and it's yeah. it's a weird phenomena. So. I feel like we've said this before, though. 
I'm sure we'll top ourselves. I mean, that's kind of part of the process though, right? It's just, we actually had our, I think our shortest week of movies this week. We hit 12 hours even. Did you see that? I did. Like no minutes. Like we did good. What are the odds of that? (laughs) Compared to last week, which was 14 14 hours. That's in a whole another movie, dude. That's insane. Yeah, we're not doing that again. (laughs) It's like watching eight movies, but we only watched seven, so... Either way, I think this week felt longer than last week, even though we had two less hours of movies to watch. But I don't remember the movies. <laughs> the movies didn't feel long, just the week felt long. That's true. But yeah, let's uh, jump into what we watched this week. So we started Monday with our theater movie, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Then we watched Gretel and Hansel on Tuesday, Driver on Wednesday. On Thanksgiving, we watched The Turkey Bowl. We actually found a movie about Thanksgiving. Which Very Kind of wasn't about Thanksgiving. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on Friday, Paranormal Activity, Next of Kin. Saturday, Red Notice. And then Sunday with Gore. Oh, yeah, Red Notice. <laughs> G-O-R, Gore. <sighs> what a masterpiece. Right? Can we can we go backwards this week? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, but then it's only going to go downhill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, so uh, did you like Ghostbusters? All right, so this was actually funny to me because this was a movie that me, Scott, my dad, and my girlfriend, Kristen, we all went to see together. And immediately after, there were so many things that me and Scott wanted to say, and we had to, I think this was the hardest for me to fight not having to talk about. Like, I remember Scott was talking to my dad, I was talking to Kristen, but we couldn't talk to each other, and it was like, we really wanted to, we just knew we had to wait till the podcast before we could discuss anything. Well, I think this is the first theater movie that we saw with other people, right? Minus Jess last week. Well, yeah, but we, she was going to be on the podcast, so so we didn't talk about anything, yeah. So, like, they don't know our not rules, but you know, that we're trying to avoid talking about things because we have to talk about them here. So they were just talking about stuff and yeah, it was, yeah, biting it was your hard tongue to was, like, it was tough. I love the movie. You asked me what I thought. I loved it. Okay. I, I mean, okay, let's jump to our synopsis well, first said, before we get too far ahead. You said you were going, we would go downhill if we went backwards. So I, I thought maybe you'd, didn't like it but well score directly into red notice oh yeah (laughs) into paranormal Paranormal activity activity. yeah anyway yeah like we were going downhill (laughs) (laughs) it'd be a parabola of fun anyway so really quick ghostbusters afterlife uh when a single mom and her two kids arrive in a small town they begin to discover their connection to the original ghostbusters and the secret legacy their grandfather left behind so again this was our theater movie and this was actually the first theater movie that we saw in dolby and it really helps drown out all the fucking talking people (laughs) because yes monday night this week still people talking throughout most of the movie but when you have like a hundred speakers in yeah in the theater, you no, know it it really did help a lot. I know Dolby's super expensive; like it's eighteen dollars a ticket now. But holy cow, does that make an experience? Like mm-hmm. that was just phenomenal. Between just the vivid colors of the movie, the the sound, the sound, the sound was, was incredible. Like the the car engine when they're driving through town and you feel the engine rumbling. I think they have like subwoofers under so like all of the recliners <laughs> yeah. in Dolby. It adds a lot. Uh, so I mean that was just 
the experience was was phenomenal being in Dolby, and I I definitely think I'm gonna try to book more tickets through Dolby if we get a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because we're paying for A list, and if you don't know, A list is what twenty dollars a month. Mm-hmm. So if you go to one Dolby movie, you're essentially paying for your experience. So it's it's pretty good deal. Uh, but before I jump into the movie, there's one thing that hurts me so bad, um, and. Essentially, I just wanted to talk about it because I don't know if I really have a format to talk about movie stuff outside of this platform. So, but trailers. Okay. Oh, yes. I think I know where you're going with this. So, I know trailers, they're super important for a movie, right? And I know that there's so much work that is involved with making a good trailer. And, like, obviously, it helps market and advertise the film. And it's super important to the entire process of you know cinema however when a studio has to push out like two to four trailers before the movie is even released like they they are walking such a fine line between like not essentially like they're walking a fine line between how much they've already shown that they they need to show you more to get you invested but not enough to where you know the plot of the movie and i'm looking directly at you scene two because in the first trailer of Sing, they introduce all of the characters, right, that you know from the original Sing, and they set up the conflict through the trailer. And then in the second trailer that they released, all of those questions are answered in the trailer. So I've pretty much seen the movie. Not that I was planning on seeing it, but I just found it so frustrating that between those two trailers, you've seen the entire movie. And I and it's not just Sing that does this, right? It's multiple movies that just give away way too much much context as to what's happening and like it's not even worth seeing the movie at that point. Okay, we're we're full tangenting here. That is not where I thought you were going. Okay, where did you think I was going? Well, I thought you were going to talk about the Spider-Man trailer. Oh. But uh we talked about that last well, week. Well, we did though. talk. Oh yeah, we did a little bit. Yeah. But so what happened? I guess I <laughs> despite seeing the Sing 2 trailer and pre- and pretty much every movie that we've went and seen in theaters mm-hmm. in the last couple months, even if it's not a children's movie or it seems like it's before every single movie. Um, and it's also like 45 minutes long. <laughs> I figured that was the movie. So <laughs> this is the entire trailer was the movie. It's like a, a Pixar short. Yeah. They just yeah. That was the whole thing. Hey, watch before. Sing 2 before your movie. <laughs> Ghostbusters after that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm impressed that you watched attentively enough to have questions and then have them answered <laughs> in two different trailers. Again, it's not that hard to like set up the conflict of a movie in a trailer. Like you could, in the first trailer, I'm just going to throw it out there, but there's this lion who used to be this famous star and he's kind of went into retirement and he's never going to yeah, perform Bono. again. And then they're like, no, you need to come, you need to come perform for us. And he's like, no, I can't do that. And then in the second trailer, it shows them walking out on stage and singing. And it's like, I guess oh. I've never seen the first trailer. Um, hmm. So I've only seen the one that is the entirety of the song. Still haven't found what I'm looking for. Gosh, I don't know, man. It's another movie I watched and forgot. You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's besides the point. That was just a little tangent. I need to get out. Let's talk about Ghostbusters. Okay. So what did you think of it? I had a lot of fun. And I really, really enjoyed it until I didn't. So at what point in the film? It's about halfway through, maybe a little more than halfway. Something happened 
in the jail scene when they get taken in. Mm-hmm. Him, I don't know. I, I honestly, I've thought about this all week to figure out what I was going to say. Because something happened that just rubbed me the wrong way, and I never quite got back into the movie. And then all I could pick out were the annoying things that were happening. So I really liked them going to the small town. I really liked the mystery of, you know, the dirt farmer. Mm-hmm. I liked the small town, you know, finding friends. Podcast was like the highlight of the movie. Yeah. He's the man. I thought he, they might overuse him, but he was like perfect, no, perfect. in every scene. Uh, except for, which wasn't his fault, but I just, I didn't care for the marshmallow dudes. Really? I did not like the marshmallow oh. dudes. I thought they were sadistic and fun and I just... But the fact that there was no real relevance to the fact that it was a marshmallow at the end of Ghostbusters. hmm Like, it was just a thing that happened, right? So, like, to bring them back, marshmallows was just so... It could have been anything. They could have possessed anything. But it's like, ah, oh, but Ghostbusters, so it's a little marshmallow, man. And I was just kind of like, man, that... It's part of the fan service, though, like the fun of like bringing you back to I think like they went. It was it, and we've talked about this before, maybe not on the podcast, but in person. And you are not much of a nostalgic person. And this was no, definitely I one think of those. That's a, I think that's a, a crutch that a lot of movies use. And it annoys me like fan service and nostalgia. Like, look at this. Like, um, what's the, the video game movie animated? Oh. Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph. Where literally everything in the movie that's enjoyable to all of humanity, apparently, is just references to other things. Or we pr- we probably have talked Ready about this a little one. bit. Ready Player One. Yes. I, that's just not my thing, right? Like, you can't just show me a bunch of stuff that already exists and be like, enjoy the movie. Look at all this shit. I'm like, but where's the movie? <laughs> Yes, and I think most people are going to disagree with you probably, because a lot probably. of people like the fan service. A, they like big... seeing those things. They like the member berries. Member Star member? Wars. Member Chewbacca. <laughs> oh, I remember. Hey, hey, member Ghostbusters. Oh, I <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, we've. So I get it. We've I, talked. I get it. I I know that I'm in the minority, if not alone. But it's just kind of eye rolling to me and. I don't know. So again, something in the jail scene just kind of turned my focus and I just had, I struggled to get back into it, but I really liked the first half of the movie. The McKenna Grace. McKenna Grace was an amazing was lead. Fantastic. And Holy I cow. remember you kind of mentioning that you, this was like the one comment you made about the movie was that you were worried that she might get typecasted. And if you've looked at her resume, this girl is not getting typecasted. This girl has been in so many things. What else has she been in? So she was in Malignant. She was the little girl in Malignant. Oh. The one that has like the parasite drawn out of the back of her head. Yeah. She was in The Handmaid's Tale as some iconic character. She was young Carol in Captain Marvel. She was in the young Tanya in I, Tanya. I mean, she's been in so many things and she is killing it. Like she did an exceptional job. But they're all really small roles, right? They're not leads. I mean, I think it this sounds was like her. she's the young version of a lot of the main characters. But still, she's not being flashbacks. typecasted as like not yet. This. Well, I know. I'm just saying no, she did really well, and people like it. So, but she's done really well in her other roles, is what yeah. I'm saying, which has led her to getting a lead in this. Yeah. So I don't think that 
people are going to look at her from this performance alone and be right. like, she's going to be the nerdy girl. She's going to be, yeah. Doing it. They're not going to make a Scooby-Doo live action remake with her as Velma or some bullshit. Well, now that you've mentioned it on our <laughs> podcast, you know, I guess, <laughs> I guess they're listening. No, I hope not. Um, and I saw an interview with her and, and Finn and on IMDb. she looks completely different than Phoebe mm-hmm. in the movie anyway. So yeah. I'm sure that works in her favor, but um, no, she was she was great. She, she was, was really, really good. fantastic. I think all of the kid actors and actresses did a phenomenal yeah. job in this, yeah. and I think they carried the movie really well. Mm-hmm. And my one gripe with this movie, and I think I see it a lot during kid-led movies, but the adults just are so awkward around these kids; like they don't know how to interact. And I, I was thinking of the scene after the mom was possessed. And they unpossess her. They're in the car driving. And she's starting to figure out that her kids are Ghostbusters. And she's just so overdramatic and just like, oh, my God. Like, you guys are saving the world. Oh, my God. You're doing the cool stuff. I don't know. And then her mom just – she was the only part of this movie that pissed me off. Because she's in the diner with Paul Rudd. And she's like, man, I just wish Phoebe would get in trouble. And then like five minutes later, Phoebe gets in trouble. And then she just fucking comes on court. That's kind of the point, right? And it's like, come on, you were just asking for this. You were just asking for this (laughs) shit. Right? Like, yeah, you can't be happy lady, whatever. (laughs) But going back to the nostalgia point, I think that was what made this movie though, was the, I almost consider it the perfect use of practical, and special effects in this movie because like they did such a good job kind of finding the line of like what's going to be a puppet what's going to be something that's visually created and where do we draw the line as to say we're not being too excessive with one but we're also making sure like we're, we stay true to what ghostbusters was back in the 80s i i wholly agree that was one of my favorite things <clears throat> of the movie especially the second half was the practical effects so I think what I may revise what I'm saying about the nostalgia mm-hmm. is it's I think it's very easy to go overboard. Yes. To take it too far, to let Harold Ramis's CGI ghost hang around for way too long. Wink, wink. That wasn't even a wink. That's literally what happened in the movie. He was there, he was for, there forever. But I think they did it right. And he just kept looking worse and worse. And I think he should have just disappeared after he grabbed the gun with Phoebe. It looked amazing. It was amazing. And he helped him and boom. And then when all the ghosts are gone, he's gone too. And that's all they needed for closure. But then they got to have everybody go up and hug him. And yeah. He's a fucking ghost and he's got to smile at everyone. And obviously he's a ghost and they don't have his voice. So he's, you know, they got to have him wink and like not say words, even though every other ghost can talk, like just, just don't, I don't know. I, that was another thing that I disliked was I thought if he disappeared after the gun thing, I thought that was great. I wasn't even expecting that where he grabs the gun. I'm like, oh, they get, you know, they got him his closure. Everyone else has closure in the context of the film as well. They already found all the stuff, Right. She already found all the pictures in the in the lab. They already, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like it went too far. And that's what I feel like with the marshmallow people. And that's what, I don't hate nostalgia. I liked all of the, the nods to the original in this movie for the most part. I just feel like there's a line. And for me, my eyes 
rolled in the back of my head <laughs> too many times for me to, you know, say, oh, it was, you know, the fan service was at a, at a level that I appreciated. But this movie wasn't just for me, so it doesn't really fucking matter, does it? Nobody cares. <laughs> I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Like, he was on screen for quite a bit of time. However, I think it's the best interpretation we've seen of this use of, like, showing somebody who has passed away in real life, bringing them back as a nod Mm -hmm. in the film to kind of like a remembrance of them. And by having him not say anything and just kind of be a presence and letting everybody kind of react to seeing him. Like, I don't know. I thought it was, it was a nice way of doing it as opposed to trying to force dialogue and find sound clips and all of these other, like, I don't think they overused it in that sense. Right. And I would agree compared to other times it's been used. Yeah. You know, notable times in the past. But I just think they had to they had to just take it too far and they just, you know, he pops up, he looked great, his face looked great. You know, he helps save the day and then he's gone and everyone cries and it's a happy feel good movie. But he he just stood there while they went from what 10 people standing around him and they went from person to person having some silent interaction between them all. And it was, I just feel like it overstayed its welcome for me. And maybe it's more than just the movie, right? Maybe it's like the actual actors, you know, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and stuff, like being able to have that moment with probably somebody they consider a close friend in real life, right? Maybe that is their, their tribute to him. Just in like, cause they, sure. they were both producers on this, weren't they? Yeah, I think so. But, I mean, that's something that we're reading way too far into. Yeah. Either way, I think it was a nice, subtle change from what we've had the past few weeks as far as theater movies go. I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was, even despite, and, you know, who knows what we've learned from these few weeks of watching all these movies is your mood, for what any particular reason, can definitely affect how you feel about the movie. Mm -hmm. And maybe... Halfway through the movie in the jail scene, it was quieter, and I just happened to hear the jackasses behind us, because God forbid you go to a movie and don't have someone just having a conversation. That's just a thing now, is chatting during a movie. So it's just something that I have to accept, or else I'm going to forever sound like an 80-year-old grumpy man complaining about the people talking in the theater movies that we see. So Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just that's a good good place to end that send off to ghostbusters it was a fun movie yeah i think they did a lot better than they could have done you know ghostbusters 2016 or whatever (laughs) good job (laughs) yeah so tuesday go ahead tuesday we watched gretel and hansel so siblings gretel and hansel live in the countryside with their mother When times are hard and Gretel can't find work, their mother sends them out to fend for themselves. As they journey through the dark forest without any clothes or supplies, they come upon a house with good-smelling food and decide to temporarily stay there in care of an old woman. As they recover from fatigue, they uncover odd things which might prevent them from getting out alive. So it's Hansel and Gretel. I mean, you know the story, right? That's the basic backbone. Yeah, and I was going to say, this is... What, the 10th adaptation of Hansel and Gretel that I've probably seen in the last fucking four years? I know, and none of them come close to the Jeremy Renner one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That caught me off guard. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) 
No, this was much better than that. <laughs> I don't know. I just like how many times can you play this out? Like again, it wasn't bad. No, it, yeah. Like, I think there I was think things, we're in the same boat. There though. was things I liked about it, and I just I don't know. I just like get uh, and they changed some things up, right? They they indicated that Gretel was a witch herself, and she had powers, and she was falling along the same lines as this witch that they ran into and like they were trying to make it their own and unique but when you're following the same basic premise of Hansel and Gretel I mean how how far off the path can you get your head or your brain already knows the story so at some point in the movie it's yeah I kind of see what you're saying I mean I enjoyed this I think the atmosphere helped it a lot I really liked the and this this director Oz Oz Perkins. Mm-hmm. He did. Uh, he hasn't done much, but he directed um, the Black Coat's Daughter. Okay, which I enjoyed that movie. Um, and they they both have similar vibes of the, the kind of atmospheric horror. So that's something he's good at. But the, yeah, the story kind of. Well, that's what I was. I kind of mentioned my notes was like there's some very interesting cinematography here. Like mm-hmm. either the format that this was released in or the lens that they shot it on. Like everything was very tightly framed, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of symmetry involved. And like they made you draw attention to what like what they wanted you to draw attention. Like they did a good job of saying this is on screen. You need to pay attention to this because just of how again, tightly framed everything was and mm-hmm. how specific the shots were. So it, it was an interesting enough watch, right? And obviously the plot is the plot. Like the plot is yeah, the fairy tale. I, and you're right. There are some creepy scenes, I would say, kind oh, of those, throughout this. And those shots in the in the forest with all the fog and the, the silhouettes of the figures standing by the trees yeah, and, and there's stuff, like all a, those were great. I really like those. Faint red light in the background that just briefly outlines a figure and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things to enjoy about this. I just and the acting I thought was mm-hmm. was really, really good too. She was the girl from It, right? Yeah. So yeah, just a similar style movie to kind of fit yourself into, and th- th- I just that's where we could talk about typecasting, right? Yeah. <laughs> Is that she yeah, had sure her she major breakout role in It, and now she's being typecasted into other horror films? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's. I think there's more that she's been in that I haven't yeah, I didn't dig too deep into her, but I know her name was kind of plastered all over this movie, at least as far as advertising purposes. Cause I think she did a pretty good job in it and a lot of people mm-hmm. enjoyed what she did there. I don't have a lot to say about this movie. I d I don't think there is a whole lot to say. It was one of those, it was fine. It's not a standout, it's not I enjoyed it. I've wanted to see this for quite some time this is another one of those that's been on my list for a while yeah it came out in 2020 yeah and um it i mean it was it's fine (laughs) i don't know i mean i think this might be the first movie that we we come into thinking that we don't have much to say and unfortunately i think there's more this week that we may run into this but we'll see but i think in movies in the past We've come in before we record and we we come in before we record and we've said, oh, I don't have a whole lot to say about this movie. You know, I, I hope you do or whatever, joking. 
And I think this might be the first time that we really just don't have a lot to say. But I guess that's what you kind of expect from a movie that at least everybody should know the basic premise of, right? I mean, there's not too much to really unpackage here. It's Hansel and Gretel with no, I mean, Gretel it, being a witch. Yeah. There's a lot of imagery. It was creepy. It was Tuesday. It, it did well at that. And yeah, it was a Tuesday. <laughs> it was Tuesday. <laughs> it was a Tuesday. <laughs> Definitely not a bad movie, though. Uh, especially I just said, I compared it. to the rest of the week, other movies this week. I think it was one of the higher, on my list at least. Yeah, it wasn't my favorite. It was just what it was. But talking about unfavorable movies that's what that's why i mentioned that because wednesday <laughs> coming into wednesday so there's a movie on paramount plus called driver don't watch it <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm gonna try to tough through this uh i think this is just the script that i'm reading but i might be wrong oh yeah when i looked up <laughs> we will we'll preface this because i think what did we do the long one with? I did the Jungle Cruise yeah. long. Yeah. So whenever we look up, we look up the synopses for the movies. Um, we have a little tool I made, but it gets a a short plot and a long plot, right? And so we typically use the short plot, but in times like these, occasionally there's a movie where the short plot is not even it's not even a full sentence, and it says literally nothing about the movie, which is the case with Driver. All right, so here's Driver. And again, this is more We're just sorry. like the entire script, not even... <laughs> this isn't a synopsis. Like I'm just going to read you the movie. Art Matthews is a washed-up drunk. He was a Las Vegas police officer. But after the murder of his wife, Helen, Art's attempt to find and bring the killer to justice ended with multiple incidents of police brutality for which Art was indefinitely suspended. Henry Falcon is a driver and a serial killer with multiple personality disorder. The murder of Helen is officially unsolved, but clues from a dead call girl will lead back to Reggie. Reggie manages an escort service, former manager of the dead call girl, and current manager of Henry's new obsession. Detective Hutchins is Art's former partner and had been watching over him, but as Art gets closer, Hutchins loses control. Henry begins to break, his inner demons are unleashed, and the casualties begin to rise. Driver. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, our email is ndnmpodcast at gmail.com if anyone wants audiobooks done, <laughs> any audiobook deals. Well read, sir. Thank you. <laughs> so, my first question, what the hell was this movie? I don't know, dude. And why is this streaming on Paramount, dude? <laughs> <laughs> like, not to discredit the work that people do in college, but I swear to God, I was watching like a first-year college student's final or midterm or something because just between the script the writing acting everything was so bad in this movie and I, I and something that i i feel like i picked up on and i don't really know how accurate this is but i don't think they had permission to film in las vegas i'm guessing not because <laughs> every shot was so like behind the corner and just trying to reference something without being caught by somebody like there's even a scene where he's in one of the hotels pulling out cash from an atm and like a security guard walks into the set and like stares at the camera and i'm like oh you got caught in that scene <laughs> he probably just fucking booked it well the only scenes where they're not quick snippets of a of a thing are at an actual location mm -hmm. right so like at the the pimp's 
shop, whatever though, wherever he was, his storefront. Yeah. And then at the, at like the park. Yeah. Where most of this movie took place was at this Or in the park inside of, their, on of a, a car, right? Or in the car, of yeah. course. Yeah. God, this was so bad, dude. It was, it was really bad and it wasn't so bad. It was good. I was, I was hoping at the beginning, it maybe turn out to be like a samurai cop or something where it's just. It's so low budget and the acting's so bad and that it would be hilarious. Mm-hmm. But I I just was frustrated the whole movie and begging for it to end. <laughs> like I could not pay attention. I mean, it was I, awful. I did get some room vibes from this movie, but it wasn't like I was enjoying myself watching. No, that's the difference, like, right? And again, I feel bad for these people who probably generally think that they were making a good movie and then they saw this and were just utterly disgusted with the final product and... Maybe, you know, I don't even know if it's the case, but I, oh, this was, this was so bad. And we've talked about bad movies on this podcast before. We've talked about the swing of things and the swing of things budget, by the way, just for anyone who is trying to picture this movie, the swing of things budget is like 50,000 times the budget of this movie. (laughs) Yeah. And they spent it all on Luke Wilson and, (laughs) and, uh, what's his name? Oh, Lovitz. yeah. John Lovitz, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, when I first was started to watch it, like, definitely had some noir tendencies, like the cop that doesn't play by the rules, the inner monologues, oh, yeah. the premise of the film. Those were my favorite parts of the movie was you know, him in the, with his... Reflection in the mirror. The chief oh. cop. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about, oh, no, those? Yeah. Also those. God. Those were so fun. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it's so funny because I just shot him sitting in the back seat. Yeah. And then yeah. uh like they can they didn't have the budget to like be able to like mask out where the mirror was so you could have him sitting like peripheral in the front seat and then his reflection they just had like a shot directly back on the mirror yeah, to show to him the in back the back seat. talking to himself. Which you know, if you don't have the money, you don't have the budget. They did an okay job of that. They got their point across. Whatever. I'm really trying to give him the <laughs> See, benefit oh. of the doubt or something, but hey, they made it on Paramount Plus. We don't have a movie on Paramount Plus. We've never made a movie though. So <laughs> Come Scott, on, man. Scott and Mitch's next adventure. <laughs> we are gonna make a movie and I put it on to. Paramount Plus. <laughs> and then everybody doing a podcast and talk Don't about our shit, shit all movie. Over it, yeah. <laughs> Uh, what about that twist though scott oh man that the cop was the the uber driver i don't yeah so so dumb i think the thing that made this movie really frustrating was the fact that it took itself so seriously i feel like it just thought it was the shit whoever wrote this was like oh this guy you know hates vegas and all the Shit, the seedy underbelly of Vegas, even though he's an Uber driver and he, <laughs> I don't know. All his rants at the beginning were just like. <laughs> Annoying. And the, the most positive stupid. thing I think I can say about this movie is it was the longest 79 minute movie I've ever seen. Yeah. And I got pretty excited. <laughs> it's not a positive. Because I like Las Vegas. So like when the opening <laughs> shot was like a shot of the strip, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of kind of ready for this like a movie that takes place in las vegas and then my hopes were just fucking thrown out the window and shit on because this movie was so bad 
And one thing I want to think about, and I didn't think about it till just now when we started talking, but there's a scene when the cop, like he, he's not living at home anymore. He's pretty much renting out like a, a motel, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like in every scene, his neighbors are like having sex. The loudest <laughs> sex imaginable. I'm honestly wondering if that was planned or if like every time they went to shoot, they just went to shoot and there was an actual couple just like having sex or (laughs) arguing with each other. And they're like, no, no, keep it. It's authentic. Keep it. That is the world I choose to believe in. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I did catch though, and it was hilarious to me, but he was on the phone with somebody and you know, typically in like a movie where there's a phone call, like you would switch between the audio levels of the two people in like post-production to like create the phone call but he was on the phone with somebody and you could hear from inside the room somebody responding to him on the phone are you serious was i was so not paying attention that much funny dude that's hilarious <laughs> they couldn't, i don't know i don't know if they didn't know how to Read just like your line. splice in audio like here or if they just completely forgot that part of the movie but it was like it's essentially me and you sitting in a room but pretend i'm on a phone call and then you're just answering I'm the back. other end <laughs> Wow. Oh, this movie is garbage. <laughs> yeah. I I I was struggling with things to say, so I had my dad unfortunately watch this with me. And <laughs> he I think pitched the I worst think he said he really does. You. And I think he said this is the last movie he'll ever watch. <laughs> uh, but I asked him, I said, I'm really struggling. Do you have anything to say about Driver? So I have something to say. And he said, It's an appropriate title. <laughs> I was like, thanks. Uh, it's true. It was about as a dude driving. It was yeah. the movie. <laughs> they named it well. What's funny though is like my last point on this movie was like, I really did not like this movie, and I hope you have more to talk about on it than I do. <laughs> I, oh, I could continue to shit on this movie, but I just feel like I, I somebody might be proud of it, want to. and I don't want to like. Yeah. Go any further, so. I don't want to hurt their feelings, but <laughs> that drawing is not going to be put on the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's move into our Thanksgiving movie, uh, The Turkey Bowl. <laughs> gobble, gobble. That we didn't watch that. Oh, yeah. We gobble, didn't. gobble, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, man. We, we should have. <laughs> Thanks, killing. <laughs> I vote never. (laughs) So turkey bowl. (laughs) A 30-something urbanite is pulled back into his rural hometown by his high school buddies on Thanksgiving to finish the turkey bowl, an epic football game against their crosstown rivals that was snowed out 15 years before. Woo. I actually really enjoyed this movie. Did you? I was surprised that I did. And early on, I was very concerned because I really needed something. Or maybe it was just how... Desperate I was for something that was a bounce back from Driver, that I was I would have enjoyed anything. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Verotica <laughs> would have been a good bounce back from Driver, dude. At least it had quotes. <laughs> so this reminded me a lot of Buddy Games. I don't know if you got those vibes, yeah. but I got. And again, this story, similar kind of. I mean, this whole premise has been fleshed out, right? Essentially, like somebody escapes their hometown to try to live a better life, only to be brought back and fall back in love with their town that they so desperately tried to escape and of course this person's married this or going to be married to somebody that they're they shouldn't so 
we got to show them the true power of love to their <laughs> high school sweetheart. And I don't know. Like it, it, it's been played. Yeah, it's not a new, right. It's, it's nothing it's not new, new, but I mean, I'm with you. It, it was, it wasn't it was bad. Fun. Wasn't dumb. Great. And it was just what I needed after eating way too much turkey. Oh yeah. This That's was like, this was the it. easiest movie to watch on Thanksgiving. <laughs> you, you really did not have to think about anything, which nope. was nice. Holy product placement though. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> Blue Fords everywhere. Like, god damn, dude. They were just like like they roll up to the bar in fucking six identical Ford F two fifties. And I was like, kind of kind of mixed it up at all. No. Oh, there's one other car in it's the a town. Ford town pal. It's a Ford Mustang. That's blue. Whoa, crazy. <laughs> Wonder who fucking supports this movie. Uh. Chevy. I don't know if my sarcasm Dude, got across that, on that, but that's what that's an interesting idea. I'm surprised no one has ever done that. Don't like work. think about if if Chevy gave a movie a bunch of money to supply them with a bunch of used Fords, and the, like their stipulation was that they had to make sure that they noted how terrible of a car there was the entire or just movie. Or something. Down like how come no? Yeah, the the reverse the reverse product placement. Ooh. There's an idea. New concept. TM. You heard it right Trademark. here first on the NNM podcast. Patented. Can't take it. It's mine. Ours. No, it's mine. This is a partnership. Stop me. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> on our it's podcast. Mine. <laughs> uh, it'd never work anyway. So I did kind of laugh at the fact that like the entire town was in on faking Mitchell's death. Yeah, that was hilarious. Like even mom was like, she needed to get her little fucking one liner in when he when she saw. Like which yeah, she Ryan. said it. He's like, oh, the cat's out of the bag already. And she's like, I know. I just like being a part of things. <laughs> but yeah, the entire town fucking fakes his best friend's death so that he's forced to come back to like relive this big football game and everybody's in on it. Oh my god, that was that was funny. I had, that was making me laugh. Yeah. I laughed quite a bit. I laughed quite a bit at, at some stuff in this movie. It kind of reminded me of a Hallmark movie, dude. And that's maybe because my mom has been playing Hallmark movies nonstop on the TV for the past, I don't know, two months. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But it's just like, it's like that general storyline, right? It's And what I explained in the premise earlier of just somebody gets away from their hometown yeah. and I don't know, it's just... And obviously, this is not a Hallmark movie. This is a little bit different. It's more fun and stupid and not as romantic as others are. Yeah, it's less sappy and more raunchy. And typically, like, the person that they're with versus the person they're supposed to be with, right? Like, you're not supposed to like them, but I feel like this movie really made you not like Ryan's fiance, dude. Yeah. Like, that girl annoyed the shit out of me, dude. (laughs) So, like... Yeah, I just I was rooting for him to be with anybody besides her. But whatever. <laughs> and there was a lot of recognizable faces in this, which was pretty cool. It's always a pleasure to see Thad Castle <laughs> in anything. In anything. Except the Blue Mountain State movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't seen that because really? of what you said. You said oh, not to watch it well, years ago. And I I listened to it. you, man. But I didn't want to like ruin Blue Mountain State the show for you by making you sit through blue mountain state the movie because it, it really does just it's terrible it's, it's no driver though no driver hey now that we've seen driver <laughs> maybe i'll watch it i won't hate it as much oh, there you go <laughs> get out of my house <laughs> <laughs> get out. 
I, I can't get that high. I'm surprised you got close. <laughs> Dude, him screaming through Blue Mountain State was the best. The entire show. Insert Thad oh, Castle man. screaming here. Get out! Get out of my house! <laughs> I mean, I just, as far as the movies, though, like, I didn't really know what to expect from a movie revolving around Thanksgiving, even though this was nothing there around Thanksgiving at all. There barely Thanksgiving in this. It just, the, the football game happened to take place on Thanksgiving. Turkey Bowl, whatever. Okay. Do they even show anyone, like, having a Thanksgiving meal or... No, I don't think they even say Happy Thanksgiving either. They just yeah. I don't know I like I like the small town feel though of the movie, you know, definitely like high school rivalry reminds you of some of those bigger, you know, football states like Texas, Montana, you know, southern states that aren't Montana, <laughs> <laughs> Montana, and then the whole <laughs> Gulf Coast. You yeah. Know. <laughs> But no, it, it, it was fun. I think like you kind of summed it up. It was the perfect movie to watch after stuffing your face with food. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Unbutton the top button, kick back. Relax and sit in your Ford and watch <laughs> the turkey bowl. It was fun. Yeah, it was a good one. But again, speaking of slopes here, like <laughs> I feel like we went down the slope with Driver and we went up the slope with the turkey bowl and now we're riding the slope back down with paranormal activity next of kin and i think this might have been my least favorite movie of the week okay even more than driver wow i couldn't hate it because i was i was reeling in the fact that i called it i called everything in this movie within the first five minutes well, we'll discuss only that. half joking <laughs> right only after half your joking. synopsis but ask anybody i watched it with all three ask them I called that shit. Okay. <sighs> Paranormal activity. Nest of kin is what I have on my notes. Okay. <laughs> Stupid hand. <laughs> Margot, a young woman abandoned by her mother as a baby, travels to a secluded Amish community with a documentary film crew seeking answers about her mother and extended family. This movie sucked. <laughs> <laughs> but... Go ahead. It's been a most I like living in the Amish paradise. Oh, yeah. A little, little weird owl up here. <laughs> oh, man. So you called it in the first five minutes. Dude, what I, said, I said, <laughs> I said, I said, after she talked to him at the, like the diner, mm-hmm. which I think is the opening scene, I don't even remember. I was like, he's not really away. He's doing, he's there bringing her back to their place on purpose for some ritual. I, I swear to God, I said that <laughs> within probably faster than the first five minutes. I was just like, yeah, it's going to be some midsummer, you know, some, it's it's not a new, right? It's, it's happened it's many times out. before. Yeah. And, uh, and I was just like, I'm a, I'm a call this now for fun. And I asked if anybody else had anything to say. I think my dad said something. He was right. I don't remember though, because I was too ecstatic. I stood up and physically bowed to both of them. <laughs> <laughs> when it was revealed in the movie what was really happening because oh buddy seen it before man Dude, it's I'm, the I'm same glad, shit i'm glad you found enjoyment that's yeah. that's the only way that i made it through this movie was i i was like called it i was right this Dude, fucking... i have never fought so hard to not fall asleep during a movie as i did with this one this I movie was i've never fought so hard to not vomit like I okay, so we don't watch a whole lot of found footage movies. Uh-huh. 
and this wasn't even found footage. This well, was it wasn't fucking stupid. But it, I mean, that was the you know the style of what it, the the influence right of all the paranormal activity movies. That's what they are, right? And I mean, that's considered found footage style. It's supposed to be found footage, yes. But if and this is one thing that I actually appreciated about reviewers. A lot of reviewers fucking hate this movie, and it's for the sole fact that they don't even consider this to be part of like the paranormal activity universe. Like I, I've seen a few of the movies, right, but not enough to like, you know, say I've seen every single one. And yeah, I'm heartfelt paranormal activity person, but people do not like this because it is has no association to the other movies. It's not really paranormal activity. It's some weird cult that people are raising some zombie mother to raise a ch- I don't know which I guess they weren't even devil worshippers they were like doing it to protect people and in the end they actually unleashed this monster on the world which is hilarious to me <laughs> but yeah this 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 sucked. so what so you've seen other ones I don't think I've seen I think I've seen the first one way back okay that's that's something I put in here is like is there a kind of like a Conjuring or a Marvel? Is it a universe? Are they all connected somehow? I mean, I haven't seen enough to say if they're connected or not, but I think they revolve more around like the supernatural and things like, sure. you know. Yeah, I thought it was more, more of, a, of the style of the movie and the Oh, yeah, like where they set, how they the set up like the camera that's perfect. Like they have that down to a T, dude, of like camera gets set down, but it's perfectly framed to show you everything that to, you want to go and everything. pull the generator. But to me, this was just a big <laughs> fucking cash grab, man. Like this was, this was insane. Because it's essentially like considering like how well the first movie was received and like, like that thing had a, what, a $15,000 budget. And went on to make $900,000. Like, that was a passion project for them that just happened to blow up. Like, they weren't looking to just get a bunch of money. Like, they were making a project, and they had a low budget, but they were doing the best with what they had. And they were going to just be creative and make a good movie. And in this one, it was just like, oh, let's put paranormal activity on the title, and people are going to watch it. All I'm going to say, dude. Did you catch a particular name in the producer's list? Oh, dude. Rhymes with Mason Plum. (laughs) (laughs) Of Plum House Pictures. (laughs) Oh, yeah? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, man. (laughs) And I'm not saying that I'm fond of paranormal activity movies. Like, we even discussed this in the first episode, right? We had... The, the option to either watch Paranormal Activity or Annabelle as more of a current horror genre style yeah. film. And we chose Annabelle, obviously. And I'm so glad we did. <laughs> but I kind of want to watch more just for the sake of finding out if there is a universe. Because there are a few movies in the Conjuring universe that I'm not a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. But they still interest me because of the universe that they're in yep. and the connections to everything. So I'm I'm kind of more curious to see has the paranormal activity universe, you know, does that exist? Is that a thing? Is that something that we could discuss? So I'd be down to watch more because there's a ton of them on Paramount. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's another one that's actually also a Paramount Plus movie. I don't know if Paramount Plus hasn't been around that long, has it? No, for I them think to have released two, I like, want to say they 
came out like this summer, actually. Yeah, I thought so. So it's not even like one came out last year. Or, I don't know. Maybe they just got the rights to it. <clears throat> yeah, maybe so. But um, I'd watch another one because, you know, we need duds. Mm-hmm. We can't. They can't all be great. We need We need a driver. We need a, a paranormal activity. So just you know, not I'm down to, in the I'm down to throw them in. <laughs> Well, we didn't know, I guess, but uh, we probably yeah. should. We never know. Well, so that's the funny thing is we expected it from Paranormal Activity, I think, to an extent, but we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into with Driver was the problem. Yeah. <laughs> and I, hearing you talk about it, obviously, I don't think like you found enjoyment in it because of what you were oh, able I hated to the movie to to <laughs> suss out just, in the very. I was just beginning. happy because I was calling shit left and right, and we were all laughing at it. They're like, are you kidding me? And then my dad's like, you have watched way too many fucking movies. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, the like, premise yeah, of the movie is pretty predictable, you know? But this just this was not a good Friday movie at all. But then again, like, what has been a good Friday movie? Jungle Cruise, Triple X. <laughs> yeah, our Fridays suck. But yeah. It's a good thing in these post-COVID times, or... No, that's the South Park special on Paramount. Yeah, because it's not over yet. It's coming back hard, apparently. But uh, in these COVID times, the days of the week don't really matter to me anymore. So I'm I'm guessing it affects you because you're like, oh, Friday is the weekend. But every day is a weekday for me. Thursday, I don't care about you. It's Friday. We have a shitty movie to watch. Okay, I'm done. (laughs) Is that our new cover for <laughs> for next week? We do the Friday movie hit. <laughs> we need to change a lot more we'll lyrics do our than what I did. Channel and make a music video and everything. Oh uh, yeah. Moving into Saturday though, weekend. Red Notice. Another paragraph. No, I got you. I got you. All right. So on Saturday we watched Red Notice, uh, and I got a. You were worried that we had a long synopsis for this, yeah. but I got you. All right. Here we go. Dwayne Johnson is Dwayne Johnson. Dal Gadot is Dal Gadot. And Ryan Reynolds is Ryan Reynolds. Dead notice. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it said on IMDb on Netflix, but I wrote my own. So when an Interpol issued red notice, the highest level warrant to hunt and capture the world's most wanted goes out. The FBI's top profiler, John Hartley, is on the case. His global pursuit finds him smack dab in the middle of a daring heist where he's forced to partner with the world's greatest art thief, Nolan Booth, in order to catch the world's most wanted art thief, the Bishop. The high-flying adventure that ensues takes the trio around the world, across the dance floor, trapped in a secluded prison, into the jungle, and worst of all for them... Constantly into each other's company. That's the movie. Yeah. I think that's one of the most accurate and full descriptions of a film that we've read thus far. Dude, I don't know about you, but I'm getting real sick of watching Dwayne Johnson movies where he's in a jungle. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I'm getting real sick of watching Ryan Reynolds movies where he plays himself. (laughs) Dude, they all play themselves well yeah you're right but and you want to know why particularly ryan reynolds because you want to know why they played themselves because that's what that's what keeps the people that's provocative it keeps the people moving (laughs) i was going to say the 200 million dollar budget behind this film this movie costs more to make than dune 
How? Because <laughs> you have to pay those three to play themselves. I can't imagine the price tag oh they had God. on those three. $200 million budget, dude. Holy shit. I have no words. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think a lot of people do. Like, this is asinine that this movie costs $200 million to make. Those Fabergé eggs or whatever. They yeah, maybe they were, were real. <laughs> were pretty expensive. Fucking crafted, one-of-a-kind, <laughs> you know, solid gold <laughs> Cleopatra eggs. It was all the Nazi artifacts. God, That's what cost oh so much. God, dude. I mean, it wasn't. Good God, it man. wasn't bad. Like it was my. Nah. It was my favorite of the plethora of Dwayne Johnson movies we've watched over the last few weeks. Really, I'll say that. What else have we watched with him in it? Jungle Cruise, Fighting with My Family. Fighting with My Family. There's another one. What we watch? But what's kind of funny, and I didn't know this, and I don't know the accuracy of this because again, most of what we kind of talked about sometimes stems from what we read on the internet. So, sure. You know, of course it's true. Uh, <laughs> But Dwayne Johnson supposedly has a clause in his contract that he can only be hit so many times and that he can't definitively lose a fight. To go along with that, supposedly as well, Vin Diesel and Jason Statham both have similar contracts, specifically in the Fast and the Furious series, which is hilarious. <laughs> and again, I'm not trying to make this up. Like I read this online yeah. and like it's completely plausible to me because that's hilarious that, it, that, that these guys are such alpha males that they can't. They can't take a certain amount of punches and they can't definitively lose a fight, which makes that series super hard because they fight each other all well, the time. Well, that's why they, yeah. <laughs> that's why all, they went, that's why they all joined together because there was, there was stalemate. <laughs> we just can't, we can't do anything, guys. <laughs> there was guys. no winning or losing. Guys, you've already been hit six times. Like, we, we can't do any more. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my God, dude. That's funny. That's hilarious. <laughs> I know, right? And that was going to be a gripe that I had with this film, that Wonder Woman could beat up The Rock. And what world is she, like, flipping him over her shoulder, like, kicking his ass? Well, like, she wasn't. Ryan Reynolds, I did. She wasn't. Right? No, I know. That's how you knew the whole time. <laughs> I know. That's, like, yeah. And that, that made it worth it for me. It was like, Big twist. They were working with each other. Thank Ooh, God. Who'd have guessed it? Yeah. Like, Come on. Whatever. The funny part is all the times where I thought that in my head were all the times that they played the scene again when they revealed that it was true because, <laughs> duh. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I fucking hate heist movies, I think, now. I'm just, I just don't want to watch heist movies anymore, ever. I'm going to surprise you, but I think this was better than Army of Thieves for me. I think I... And I think it's just because of the premise behind it. Like, it's not trying to open a vault. Like yeah. there's, there's more to the, the yeah, adventure. Yeah, it's not an entire story about someone who puts his ear up to a piece of metal and turns some dials. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> not saying that it was terrible, but whatever. I, I mean, a few other things that I, fine. that I want to talk about, but so the actor who played Soto Voce, right? Mm -hmm. The guy with the weird-ass voice mm -hmm. in this movie? Yep. You picking up what I'm, what I'm about to say? I've here? seen him before, but I don't know from what, oh. so... I, well, you probably wouldn't have seen this, but he's the voice actor of Mickey Mouse in the wonderful world of Mickey Mouse. No way. Yeah. That's probably why he had to deepen his voice as much as he did and <laughs> sound like a... I'm Sonny Fauci. <laughs> <Sonny Fauci. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to get copyrighted for Disney because this is streaming on Netflix. <laughs> uh. But one thing that kind of got brought to my attention, and I know how much you hate Free Guy. 
you just despise it. And I'm not trying to bring up like past <laughs> I, feelings I'm, or hurt feelings. I feel like that's a strong word, but it's probably aptly used. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I wanted to know your thoughts on the ad placement of Ryan Reynolds alcohol in this. Dude, I loved it. Free I loved it. Okay. I that is the first time in this movie that I was ready for it to be over. <laughs> <laughs> and that happens in the first like 10 minutes, right? Yeah. Dude, just turn the bottle around. Like why why even why even bother with the the joke of <laughs> Come on. <laughs> just the put amount your gin in it, man. dude, that they if had anybody, on it too. Oh man, I know at every angle to not show the label. Why? I I don't even think that was his call. I feel like I don't know, man. Just do it. Just, you know, Nike, just Drink gin. <laughs> just do it. Just drink. <laughs> this movie made me want, and I actually have a bottle of aviation gin in my liquor cabinet right now. Did you? Did it make you want to drink aviation <laughs> it gin? Me, it made me want to drink something like Drano. Or <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn. Uh, this was. It was fine. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I could care less. Right. It was exactly what I expected, and. I got I got nothing, man. This movie really hates fathers. That's the only thing I do I did want to say. Yeah, that's true. Everybody's father was issues. a huge piece of shit. Everybody <laughs> had to It's like what the hell? And uh, I know we've talked about this a couple of times, but these are definitely the three most typecast actors I think ever. I should now. say so. Like and I just feel so bad because, like, The Rock always wants to be paper or scissors, but he's always typecasted as The Rock. <laughs> Did it feel good? Did the joke feel good? It felt you nice. piece of shit. <laughs> just let the man be scissors for once, okay? <laughs> but we need to slow down on <laughs> on Dwayne Johnson movies, okay? Do we agree on that? I'm 100% okay with that. All right, and we need to watch more movies like Sunday, because Gore was amazing. We're I think we should watch the second one this week. Oh, I had that in my notes. <laughs> there's a Gore too, dude. I love this. I just there's something so refreshing watching a movie that someone wanted to make that wasn't just a huge budget, two hundred million dollar stream of piss. <laughs> so Gore. American professor Tarl Cabot is transported via a magic ring to planet Gore, where he must help an oppressed country overthrow its evil king and his barbarian henchmen. God. I'm going to just get this out right now, but so many people hate this movie. Yeah. And I think that's exactly why I love this movie. Yeah, probably. Because it's just one of those shitty sci-fi Dude, 80s movies. 80s low-budget fantasy movies oh are just... God. They just tickle my balls. <laughs> <laughs> the costumes, the set design, the tickling of the nuts. It, the everything. bad ADR, which I have a lot to say on tonight. But <laughs> This was definitely the change of pace we needed from, yeah. I guess, the previous like fucking four or five movies that we watched. Because like, I sat down, I threw this on. It was funny because... You could tell the ratio of the screen, and I don't know if this if it did this on oh, your yes, TV, dude. But like, 
It's not even like it was like framed four by three. It was like a sixteen by nine in a four by three in my sixteen by nine. Yeah, and then all that was the... going to be my Twitter post. I was telling you about yeah. that I didn't end up doing, but I should have. I was going to take a picture of the screen and say, "Yeah, God forbid I use all of the screen real estate I paid for." <laughs> yeah, and it's and still. And what's funny and still, too I is if you it. threw uh, subtitles on. Oh, they got, that, that was they perfect. Got, they got cut off because of <laughs> mine were cut mine off. Didn't on get my, cut off. Mine, mine were in the black. Mine were cut off, so you could only read the top half of the words of the first line Seriously? and nothing else underneath. Oh, dude. dude, I was like, no. this movie's great. My- <laughs> 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 oh man, yeah. I, I guess I'll start by saying. There's just something so magical about the ADR in 80s low-budget movies. A lot of 80s movies, I guess, but that was kind of the the, the really big boom of, of doing that. Mm-hmm. And so I actually went on a hell of a rabbit hole with that <laughs> because I just, I don't know. I was just like, why? I mean, it makes sense, right? You don't have the sound equipment. You don't have, and you're out in these crazy locations, like in the friggin' desert because they're not in a giant room with blue and green screens. They're actually, you know, got sand up their ass and, and are, you know, yeah, acting and the, running through. The lack of clothing oh, that every what, single person yeah, wore. What clothing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But uh, so I, I got into, so ADR, for anyone who isn't familiar with that acronym, is Automated Dialogue Replacement. And that's just re-recording dialogue in a studio environment. Essentially a voiceover. Right. Dubbing, looping, mm-hmm. you know, many other names. But, uh, and it can be done to fix technical issues from the actual sound or, you know, you know all this, Mr. Mm-hmm. Film Teacher. You should be given this. I get I get my my learning Stocks corner this week. teaching corner, yeah. <laughs> but. Um, you are the audio guy. I'm the I went, guy. yeah. Well, I, this was, it was fascinating to me because so... Early films with sound, like right after the silent film era, era, so the late late nineteen twenties ish, they were called talkies or film shorts, and that was the the first time that they had sound synced with the the video, and so it, it kind of where that took us technologically was there were it, there were kind of two sound on film and sound on tape were the two technical technological advancements for that and i think sound on film was the one that that stuck but originally that was there was a uh, the audio was photographically recorded on a reel attached to the camera same reel so that's how it kept in sync right which is crazy crazy yeah. to think about <laughs> analog audio like i don't know that's insane and so this is completely unrelated to this movie at this point now, but I just, I, I read you for like an went, hour. Yeah. yeah. I went down this rabbit hole. So like uh, when this first started, audio engineers had a say in the direction of the movie had a huge say because they needed good audio on the camera. Right. So they had a say in camera placement and environment. And so a lot of the, the fun things that were happening with directing in the silent film era, it completely negated because you're having these sound engineers that have never filmed a movie before or whatever. They're taking out all of the stylized filming because they need the environment to support the sound Mm -hmm. because the sound was the new boom, was the new crazy thing. 
which is insane to me. And so that led to the transition to a lot of sound mostly being done in post-production. And the advancement they didn't of equipment to, and stuff Yeah, like well, yeah, of course. But, you know, they didn't have to. It, it freed up the directors to go back into actually, you know, focusing on the filming and not the, not the sound. Because they would just go back and if they didn't have a good environment for sound or whatever happened. But I, I don't know. I saw this video. So Marlon Brando in The Godfather mm-hmm. and in most of his movies, apparently, he intentionally mumbled and didn't move his lips very much. <laughs> So that they would have to go back and ADR his lines so that he could see. And he's he's quoted saying that he doesn't know the context or where that scene's going to be when you're just saying it. You don't know if it's going to be in the same place as the screenplay. You don't know if after editing they're going to put it in a new place in the film. So he preferred to do it that way so that he could adapt his performance to the situation. To the situation. That's, that's, that's crazy. That's so cool. That is crazy. Because you have, I mean, it seems pretty widely known that you have artists or actors who like doing that. Like mm-hmm. that's a huge part of their their thing, like him in particular. And you have actors that hate it and refuse to do it. And Yeah, you can but, tell the ones that kind of phone it in. Yeah, yeah. And like there's no emotion behind anything that they said. And like them on screen versus like you had that windy shot and their back is to the camera mm-hmm. and there's no, you know, the audible is just like monotone and they're just fucking phoning it in. Like, yeah, yeah you can tell. Yeah. No, that's, that's super cool. Yeah, that's just crazy. So you're talking about ADR with this movie in particular, mm-hmm. just because there was so many lines. Well, the that whole movie. Been... And I mean, that was a big thing in the eighties was they were heavily ADR'd like mm-hmm. the whole movie, especially these low budget films. Cause they just didn't have the equipment. Right. Yeah. I'm assuming. And like you said, I mean, this was a movie that's before green screen and blue screen. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they were out in the... They were in the desert. They were in a fucking Wherever desert. Wherever the hell they were, yeah. <laughs> I drove to Nevada. Yeah, wherever it was. <laughs> Somewhere. So there's a familiar face in this movie. I don't know if you caught him. Uh, but Norman, who was like the asshole oh, yeah. guy at the, the beginning. Mummy. Yeah. Yeah. He plays the mummy. And yeah. I was like, ah, nice. <laughs> Brendan Fraser, yeah. <laughs> you know him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said right Arnold when I saw Vuzlu him. is his name. I was yeah. like, is that Imhotep? I think that's Imhotep, and I looked him up. Yeah. That dude's the mummy. <laughs> that's the mummy. Sick. Nice. In a sci-fi movie. <laughs> I love this movie, dude. I really enjoyed it. I, and it was again, ridiculous. It's just one of those movies that I get why people hate it, because it, it's, it's the acting's terrible. Yeah. The fucking... <laughs> just every the, the big the fat guy oh my god in the, dude <laughs> in the cantina kind of scene <laughs> he just flipped every table in there he threw a table with like <laughs> three guys sitting on it and just like <laughs> launched them across so the great. room so great I, I don't even i don't even have much to say i just i, I was no great. this was what I we needed it. at the end of the week man just a dumb 80s movie yeah and you had already mentioned right there's a door to mm-hmm. totally want to watch it mm-hmm. did you know this is based off of a novel i did not this is based off of a book series god damn it there's so many books i have to read now so many books <laughs> oh my god now this this is the this is great and yeah i think for this next week we gotta have door two yeah I'm down. And door two is even ranked lower than door one. On <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. It's like a three point five to like a two point seven. <laughs> yeah. So I'm 
I'm so ready. I'm so ready. <laughs> well, Jack Palance is like the villain. He's a, he's a big name. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't even in the first one until the, the very, very end. end. To kind of set up the premise of the But he was one of the first one. names, yeah. yeah. He even has that line so like, where he's like, nobody can stop me except for that one traveler who's yeah. not here on this planet anymore. He's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> can we just talk about, for a Harvard professor, how fucking shredded that dude was? I know. I, I wasn't sure if that was a side effect of the, the multidimensional travel. Oh, or... I don't know, man. <laughs> I was like, damn, man, I'm a teacher. I don't have, fun. I don't have time to work out like that. Like... Well, I, you also have no idea how long, what period of time the montage of training took place over. Oh, that's true. It could have been years, dude, the way that it was filmed. Because, I mean, if you don't think about it, it seems like it was like a day. Really? <laughs> they just... I when he's sitting at the it lake and he, that the old guy throws the spear at him and he just kind of like <laughs> leans to the side ever so slightly. He's like, you've done it. You're trained. Yeah, the montage. He's like pulling the bow and arrow back and he misses. <laughs> he can't even fire it. And then the next shot, he gets a bullseye. Yeah. And you're like, nice job. Your and training is complete. All of the arrows from everyone who shot a bow went into stone. Every <laughs> single shot. That's what force they were firing those wooden wooden bows <laughs> they weren't like you know what do they call them recurve bows or whatever i don't know man but it's little things like that that just really make the movie enjoyable mm-hmm. <laughs> just how outlandish and just just oh it was dumb and i i fucking loved it it was so good <laughs> this is this is the highlight of my week yeah absolutely but then again, like we watch like Amazonian women in the avocado jungle and sorority babes in the yeah, we went through a, or whatever. A of, we have a, a soft spot in our heart for for eighties eighties B movies, like low budget. <laughs> but this delivered. <laughs> yeah, it did. All right, Gore Two next week. Let's go. Yeah. Yep. We'll do it. We'll do it tomorrow. We'll do Tuesday. Tuesday Gore 2. You want to do Tuesday Gore 2? Tuesday Gore 2. Tuesday Gore 2? Yeah. <laughs> Psycho Gore 2, man. There's their name if they ever want to make another one. That's We should make it. Psycho Gore 2, man. We should make it. That's our movie that we're going to get on <laughs> Paramount+. Plus. Sorry. Psycho Gore 2, man 3. The sequel. The goriest. Oh. <laughs> but without an E. Yeah. Just door is G-O-R, no E. Uh, wow, that was a week of movies, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. That was a holiday week of movies. Yeah, it was tough to, uh, I think our time this week may reflect that, but it was it was really tough to, to sit on these movies with so much going on. And we've had busy weeks before, but when they're busy with doing other stuff where you think about, you're still kind of thinking about the movies or I don't know. When it's busy because you're doing work stuff, it's different than it's busy because you're eating way too much because you're a fat fuck <laughs> and sitting around putting up with family. And <laughs> I mean, I was going to say like during, you know, holiday time, like you kind of want to give your attention to your family. Like, yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, that's what I meant by all that. You want you want to. S- yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Just kidding, family. Scott loves me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean you. <laughs> I don't know, this is, uh, we watched the shortest amount of movies this week, and I found it just, like, the most taxing this week. 
and again, I think you hit the nail on the head. It was just our minds were elsewhere. And mm-hmm. I'm going to be interested to see kind of how other, like, especially with like Christmas. Christmas coming up is going to be, well, I mean, the whole freaking month of December is Christmas. That's true. So there's stuff going on all the time. So I'm sure. Yeah. I don't know. I'm excited for January. <laughs> for the new year? Yeah. Yeah. What new year's movie can we watch? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'll have to think about that, huh? Yeah. Tweet us at NDNM Podcast for... Tweet us. Or Instagram us or... I don't know how these things fucking work, man. TikTok us. Why do you think we haven't posted? <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I'm actually kind of excited for some of the options I saw on Paramount. I think we just had... We just happened to pick the biggest misfires that we could have from things that Minus caught our gore. interest. But yeah, Gore. Oh yeah, Gore was Paramount. Yes. So, but I think that's where Paramount shines is they have a lot of older movies like that, and I think I think that might make our time with however many friggin' movies we've got left a little sweeter. Is if we sprinkle in some of those because we know we're gonna like those most likely, right? I mean, that's just kind of that's something that we both enjoy. Speaking to Paramount, if anybody who works there can listen to our podcast, but do you just change your fucking website? Oh, God, your UI is, is it's a fucking giant garbage, steamy dude. pile of ass. And the fact that, like, if I log in on my phone and I have to select three things that I like to watch for me to get past the loading screen on my phone, that's just bullshit. Do you Come still on. have to do that? I couldn't get around it. I had to select oh, three really? things. I, I had never to. did. That's funny. It would not let me. There was no X. There was no <laughs> skip this. There was nothing. It was. That's funny. You choose three, or Pick you three don't things, get to watch the anything. Profile, yeah. Create a new one. I don't want you to tell me what I'm going to watch. I want to watch what yeah, I want to watch. I want to see what you got, which is difficult because every time you on every on platform <laughs> except for computer, where I try and search through the movies, it takes 45 minutes for it to load the next row of movies. <laughs> Have you noticed that? That shit's slow. It's so bad. Uh, but for all of you, we appreciate you listening to the NNM podcast. If there's any other streaming services that you would like us to get, please message us on Instagram <laughs> or TikTok. If there's any other streaming <laughs> services you'd like to create so that we have to pay for more shit. <laughs> Let us know. We'll pay for it. Because <laughs> we have 365 movies to watch. So, <laughs> Either way, take care. Have a wonderful week. And catch you next time. Okay, bye. bye.